Welcome into the Clap Trap. Brought to you by Ultrasound Productions. Now also playing on 90.7 WKKL. All right, welcome into another episode of the Clap Trap. We've got the Sunday night review of the NFL Week 1. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, am I wearing a uh, – am, am I feeling, you know, down on myself about these Patriots? Yes. Am I wearing a Super Bowl shirt, reminding myself of the good times right now to make myself feel better? Yes. We don't have to talk about it, though. Uh, if you're not, if you're on uh, radio, I would, uh, you know, suggest going and watching the YouTube. We got the YouTube stream now uh, available, so search on YouTube for the Claptrap. You'll be able to see that. I am joined today once again by my good friend Andrew to talk all about the NFL Sunday. As I said, wasn't that great for us as Patriots fans. Uh, it's shocking to find out that you actually can't win football games by giving the ball away all the time and getting a bunch of penalties. What so? Andrew, how are, you, how are you feeling now after that performance that we just watched today? Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's a tough one. I don't, I, what do you want me to say? You know, I'm usually Mr. You know, silver lining, optimist, whatever. But it's, you know, there's not a – there's a little bit of good you could take away from today. But, I mean, for the most part, everything just kind of spiraled. I, I really personally feel like the turning point of the game was that early interception when Mac tried to hit Devontae Parker in the end zone, uh, you know, with the safety that close, probably shouldn't have thrown the ball. But, I mean, that's what you brought Devontae Parker in for, those 50-50 balls. You know, probably should have been a pass interference call, and it wasn't. But the Patriots got away with one later in the game, so I'm not going to blame it on that. But, you know, then the ball gets tipped up, intercepted by the safety, and, you know, coming down, the Patriots defense made the stand, and you have Carl Davis jump off sides on that fourth and one, oh. and they end up getting points. And I, I feel like that was kind of a linchpin for everything, you know, kind of coming and glued for them. Like, at that point, like, you know, that was the turning point where it's like, all right, hey, the interception happened, even though you're moving the ball, you know, you were rolling, whatever. And then it's like, ah, the defense made a stop, and you make that stupid pre-snap Okay, I, I can live with, with the holding, all that stuff. Well, the ball's in play, but the pre-snap stuff, just it kills me. It really does. And so I, I feel like that was really a turning point in the game for them, and that's kind of like, you know, it just snowballed from there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, he should never see the field again, or at least it's going to take <laughs> many, many games before I'm, like, comfortable seeing Carl Davis out there uh, again. And, and no, nothing against the guy personally, but, man, you cannot have that happen when – there was a literal timeout taken right before that. So Belichick could tell them all do not jump before this snap. And what it like, what I think they were trying to talk about it on the broadcast, what a little foot move or something got him. Or, or, I, I don't know what it was that, that got him to jump off sides, but you're o- lined up over the center. You have a direct line of sight with the ball. I, I don't, it was, it was unforgivable. And yeah, I, I don't want to see him for at least a few more games. That was brutal. That was brutal. Yeah. I mean, you're totally right about him being lined up over the center. It's like, no, like you're not listening to the snap count at that point. You're waiting for movement. You're looking at the What's ball. The ball? the ball moves, you move. It's very simple. It was, unfortunately, it was some, some amateur hour football that we, you know, it's actually kind of somewhat common across the league, but we aren't used to seeing that as Patriot fans. That type of stuff did not happen for the past 20 years. And now you're like, you might think like, hey, Tom Brady left. Like, what does that have to do with, 
you know, somebody on the defensive line. It's like, well, that stuff didn't, it started happening when Brady left. And it's like, what was it about Brady? Was it a level of accountability that he demanded? Or I don't know what it was, but like him leaving affected things on the defensive side of the ball too. It's wild. Yeah. It's up here. It's a mentality thing. And uh, yeah, I don't know what it was, but that was so extremely frustrating because like you said, I, I mean, you roll down the field in that off first offensive possession and you get into that scenario where I, first of all, I hated the, the attempt. I thought you were rolling down the field. Damian Harris was hitting Ramondre Stevenson was doing his thing. Jacoby Myers, the offensive MB, MVP of this game was going wild and we were just moving it, moving it, moving it. And then I get it. You want to give that 50, 50 ball a chance, but that early in the game in a moment where you could have just continued to try and punch that thing in. It was so demoralizing just right out the gate. You know, the game's not over at that point, but like you said, it was a huge kind of, you know, tone that they set for the rest of the game. And then you go into that defensive possession and have something like that happen. It just felt like everything was crumbling down. It felt like everybody, all the naysayers that were talking about the team throughout the off season and how everything is not put together. It felt like they were right. And it just kept, you know, coming uh, to a bad position for the team. I, I was just upset overall by some of that stuff, some of the play calling uh, and, and things that went down, but there were still good things that happened in this game. As much as we're going to look at this as you only scored one touchdown and you lose to the, the Miami Dolphins once again, it's a horrible start to the season. I'm talking with Andrew once again here, all about this Patriots game to start things off. But we will get into other NFL topics as well. But there were some good things that happened for the team. I mean, Kyle Duggar, who was one of the people that we've been talking about for you know a long time on this show specifically, a lot of Patriots fans talk about Kyle Duggar and how he needed to step up, clearly made his presence known right out the gate. A lot of big open field tackles, a lot of big tackles on Tyreek Hill specifically, which was huge. So, I mean, he's got to be my defensive MVP of the game. I think I'm taking the easy one here. Was there anyone else that stuck out to you on defense that you wanted to shout out to start off? I mean, I say it every time I'm on here when I talk about defense but uh, my guy Adrian Phillips just he never gets the appreciation he never gets the love but he, he's just he makes those you know he makes those plays that don't always register you know in the box score or whatever but he's always there he did appear to get banged up today so we'll have to monitor that going forward but I mean I, I agree with you I think Duggar was the clear guy we talked about him all summer long as being like the breakout guy for this defense and you know, as you mentioned, the the plays against Tyreek Hill, it's like, hey, this is a strong safety. I mean, he he has the versatility to play free safety, but he's a big, hard-hitting dude, and he's making these plays against the fastest, most elusive guy in the league. So that that was very impressive to me. Yeah, yeah, impressive stuff. Uh, and, and yeah, you can only pretty much hope to contain Tyreek Hill. We get that. He's an absolute freak of a speed athlete that is just unmatched in this game right now. Also a huge scumbag. And uh, I mean, yeah. look at look at his scumbag over here when Duggar did tackle him that one time, clearly putting his knee into Duggar's balls. That was a terrible mistake that he made there when yeah. Duggar got injured at that moment. I was like, that was obviously on purpose, that scumbag. <laughs> I was thinking more off-field stuff when you said scumbag. Oh, well, yeah. I, I was. I, I, now I'm just trying to do, do stupid jokes about him because I just I think he's such a scumbag that I just want to point out every little thing yeah, that he does. 
So, uh, but I mean, he's obviously a beast of a football player and you saw that Miami offense and what it's capable of Jalen Waddle also was kind of making our secondary look like they didn't know what the heck they were doing. Even Duggar, his only real bad play, I would say that I, that really stood out to me was on that Waddle touchdown where it was him and, um, and miles, um, Miles Bryant and somebody else was there as well. And they all tried to converge on Waddle. They all missed. And he just had the free lane for a touchdown. That was a brutal time. Uh, Miles Bryant also, by the way, somebody who I absolutely love from last year, he has gotten me to the point where I'm just starting to dislike seeing him out on the field whatsoever. Not only the missed tackle opportunities that he had, which there were multiple versions of, but also that interception, that gift that they try to give you. I'm not going to try and tell you that they were going to get back into the game at that point in the fourth quarter, but man, for you to drop that gift of a, a, a pass that should not have even happened. I don't even know what Tua was thinking late in that game, throwing the ball, trying to scramble out of the pocket, almost getting sacked and then getting stripped, but just getting like a pass away at the last second. Stupid plays by him, but Miles Bryant, that was one of the ones that, man, I don't know, left and right. I was just like, oh, I loved him so much last year when he was in these little tiny roles, but now they try and put him out there in all these other situations and he just gets exposed left and right. And it's brutal. I, I hate it. I I'm upset about it. I, I know that that's another one that's kind of easy to pick out. Was there anybody else that stood out for you on the defense on a negative side? I mean, I I'm going to go the same as you. I'm going to go with Miles Bryant. And I was on the same you know, train of thought last year. I'm like, hey, like he's, you know, under after free agent, but he's a scrappy guy, plays hard, whatever, makes plays, and he's awesome as a depth piece, uh, depth piece as like a rotational role. I've right. had, had a few too many stumbling over my words there. <laughs> Miles Bryant's got me all fired up, but like when when you start to thrust somebody like that into more of a like a starting role, or I don't even want to say starting, but a more prominent role, we'll say, yeah, like. Where's Marcus Jones there? You, you know, you, you drafted this guy for a reason. He stood out. He's got some juice. Like, yeah, he's an undersized guy, but so is Miles Bryant. I, I would much rather see Marcus Jones, a younger guy in there who's going to develop and possibly be a part of the team's future than somebody like Miles Bryant, who's just kind of a jag. Yeah, uh, he, he really is. And he'll have his moments. He's an effort guy. Uh, yeah, sure. He can, I guess, give you a, a fair catch and a punt return. That's great. But I, I don't know. His role needs to get smaller and smaller. Like you said, Marcus Jones, somebody else needs to step into that position uh, because there's got to be somebody else who's better for this team. But speaking of one of the other Joneses, I thought that Jack Jones had a, a pretty solid day overall and then had one play where I don't even know how the heck we're going back to Tyree Kill for a second, but I don't know how Tyree Kill got that pass when Jones jumped right in front of him along the sidelines. It seemed to be in perfect position for the ball, and somehow Tyreek Hill flips his body around and goes and just snatches it from Jones right along the sidelines. I think that was, I, I don't know, in the third quarter, something like that. I, I was just stunned that he was able to make that type of a play. But Jones overall, I didn't think that he had a bad game. I, I don't know what this team is going to need to do going forward to switch things up on the defensive side. I think you're going to go into a Steelers game next week that – once again, you're going to see some weapons on the other side. I don't know how you're going to deal with it in the secondary unless you can have, I guess, more upfront presence from that front seven. Did you, was there anybody, I saw you tweeting, by the way, you got your Barmore jersey ready to go, right? Did you, did you notice? I mean, I, he didn't seem to be a factor whatsoever. I saw Matthew Judon, obviously he got in there, got a sack at one point, but in the front seven, 
I can't really think of anybody who really stood out to me. Mac Wilson was okay. He had some good moments where he showed some good speed and tackling. That front seven, though, I don't know. What are we going to do with that? And do you think it was necessarily that they had an off game, or do you think that they planned well on the other side from Miami to get around that pressure? I mean, I think it was a little bit of both. Um, I definitely think that a game plan from the New England side, it was a little more on the conservative side there for sure. Um, Against, like, it's probably going to be Trubisky next week with the Steelers. I'd be shocked if they made the switch to pick it this quickly. But, uh, like, somebody like that who's an inexperienced quarterback, I'd like to see them, you know, kind of get a little trickier with the pressure, be more aggressive about bringing pressure because at the end of the day, you really don't have the coverage on the back end in your secondary to really, you know, man up with a lot of these teams, especially with like so many of these teams just have so much depth at receiver right now. Like you just saw Waddle and Hill who are both studs. And now next week it's like, all right, you have Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, who yeah, he's a rookie, but he's looked phenomenal all summer. And you have Chase Claypool. Like it just, these teams are so deep at wide receiver that if you're not going to have like those type of guys on the back end to match up with them, you're going to have to get more aggressive with the way you bring pressure and the way you disguise pressure. So I'm hoping that I don't even want to say hoping that because I feel like <laughs> I'm just setting myself up for a letdown. Cause I know, I know Bill is not huge on trying to scheme up a ton of pressure, but right. I'd like to see them get a little more aggressive with that next week. Yeah, that, that would be uh something that would make it easier on the secondary. And I know that we won't be thinking about necessarily, like you said, the quarterback play for next week going into that game. I don't think that that should be a huge problem going against, uh, you know, the subpar play of the Steelers quarterbacking group, but yeah, you're going to need to change something. Pressure is going to be something that is need to needs to get better with this team. But uh, I don't know. I, I did see some good with the defense, but there was also bad as well. And you're going up against a team that had a lot of weapons. So we'll see what we can do going into the future. Now, the other side of the ball, though, that was that's brutal. I mean, for you to start out, we already talked about that first drive where you drive all the way down the field, you get all the way into position, and then you throw up a ball. It should be a 50-50 ball. It luckily bounces off the defender's hand head, I believe, up into the air. Interception, that's going to screw you over to start off. But then throughout the rest of the game, it felt like you had moments where you were driving down the field. You were looking good. You had Jacoby Myers making these insane grabs, going over people, mossing people down the sidelines. You had uh, at times the, the run game was looking great. Damian Harris was looking really solid throughout at, at different times during the game. You had Jonu Smith actually showing up and having a role at different times in this game, which I thought was huge. And I need to see him get the ball more because once I feel like once he gets the ball, he has got the moves to be able to gain you a good amount of yak after that. Uh, You know, he was one of the standout guys, but one of the guys that we didn't get to see, obviously who's shot his way out of the lineup at this point until later on, and then gets this big 41 yard grab was Kendrick Bourne. Were you surprised to see the little amount of usage for Kendrick Bourne in this game? For sure. As, as you were just talking before you, you know, got into Kendrick Bourne, like I was just going to answer whatever question you had with a question back. Hey, where was Kendrick Bourne? And like outside of that, like I feel like a lot of the Patriots players that's being reported were kind of like, hey, where where was Kendrick Bourne? So I, I, I don't know what's going on with that. It might, it might be dis- uh, disciplinary. I don't know what the deal is. Obviously, we don't have access to that type of info, but it's just very bizarre where he's not only somebody who's a good player, but he just – he has juice. He, he brings that energy. 
You know what I mean? Like he gets mm-hmm. guys fired up and that's kind of what it seemed like the team needed. So I was very surprised to see him have such a minimal role. And as, as we talked about all summer, okay, like, are you concerned about this and that with Kendrick Ford and Campbell? Like, no, because I think he's just a game day type of guy. I don't think he's a practice player. I think he's just one of those dudes who comes in, gets into a different zone on game day and performs. And I mean, it seemed like he did for the short time that he was out there, but he obviously has done something to fall out of favor. And I don't know what, cause I feel like they really could have used them out there today. Yeah. I mean, just as another option out there, create more matchup problems. I, I don't understand. I mean, I, I get that he's been vocal about his displeasure in the fact that, or it seems like that's the case uh, that Devonte Parker is in there kind of taking his number one wide receiver role on the team, which he didn't really have. But I guess if you were looking at last year's stats and the way he was utilized, he was kind of turning into your number one guy. Uh, so I don't know. It's, it's frustrating to see because then, yeah, he does come in and yeah, you instantly, first of all, take advantage of the fact that they didn't have bird on the other side of the defense. So you go and attack his replacement. Kendrick Bourne burns him for a 41 yard gain right out the gate. I don't know why they weren't attacking that part of the defense more as well. Maybe they weren't. I just wasn't noticing it, but it didn't seem like they were taking advantage of that, but that's one player that, you know, didn't get to play the entire first half comes in, makes a big play. You had a guy like Jonu Smith, like I said, finally getting utilized at some points in the offense, but then I think that he was also disappearing at times, like they were going away from him completely. So I didn't understand that. He ends up getting injured, uh, which I hope that that's, by the way, I don't know if you've heard anything about that yet, but Jonu Smith, I don't know if that injury was serious. It seemed like he was limping off the field on his last catch. I don't know if that was it. Maybe that was just a stinger or something. Who knows? We're going to need him back. The other, speaking of injuries, now we're starting to hear that there's a possible Mac uh, Mac Jones back injury as well. I don't know what we're going to do about that. Do you think that that's serious in in, in nature at all? Do you think that's going to be something? I mean, it's no way for us to be able to tell, but a back injury, that's never going to be good, right? Yeah, I mean, supposedly x-rays came back negative, but... Like you, you look at him walking down the tunnel after the game was over. He's, you know, walking gingerly, kind of awkwardly, and just the look on his face. Like I'm not going to be one of those people to sit here and pretend to be a body language expert by any means, but he just <laughs> he, he he looked dejected. He really did. Like he was right. just kind of looked like, oh shit. Like I know something is really wrong here. And with back injuries, it doesn't matter if your X-rays are negative. Like it doesn't matter if the MRI is negative. Like a lot of times it just hurts and nobody knows why no doctor can figure out why. So, I mean, I personally think that roughing the passer call, I think that that's when it happened. Oh man. Um, You know, he, yeah, he took a big one there and I, maybe it was just in my head, but I felt like there was a little bit less zip on his ball after that. So that, that might've been the crucible. That might've been the turning point, but you know, who can really say? I mean, they low hide him like, like textbook style. That was, I mean, that was horrible. And then on top of it, you don't even get the penalty to go for you because I think it was Andrews who did a chop block in the same exact play. So it negated the whole process anyways, but Mac Jones takes this huge hit and it's, yeah, that, that, that could have been the moment where it really actually started to hurt him. We know he's a gamer. We know he's going to keep going. He's a pretty, seems to be at least a t- pretty tough guy so far. You do love that about him. One of the other things that I loved about him that I noticed was at least on two or three plays when he was handing off the ball or tossing the ball, he was immediately turning and trying to block the blindside blitzer coming down from the other side. He was throwing himself into you know blocking situations, which you got to love when you see your quarterback doing that kind of stuff. 
I don't think that that's when he would have got injured either, but I guess that that could also be a situation because you saw, I'm sure you saw it. He was just kind of doing the dive and roll at their feet kind of move. So I don't know. You love to see that kind of stuff, right? But maybe, maybe that's something. He, do you think he should back off a little bit on that? I mean, Tom Brady's uh, just to continue that. Tom Brady used to just kind of like waddle over there and still stay standing and never actually give you any real effort. He would just, you know, kind of stand in the way and everybody wouldn't touch him. Maybe you should do something like that. I don't know. Well, I mean, Brady would throw his one block per year. It would make right. a big deal out of it. And 99% <laughs> of the time, like you said, he would just go like he's going to block, stop, and everybody would just back off from out of mm-hmm. respect, which was, I mean, a smart move on his end. I mean, but if we're being real, nobody's giving Mac Jones that type of respect. You know, nobody's going to back <laughs> off him. They're just like, you know, you're a 23-year-old defensive end that just came out of college. You're trying to make a name for yourself. Yeah, you're just going to blast him, as yep. you should. It's football, you know? Yeah. No, that's uh, that's a good point. And hopefully, uh, you know, he's smart about it. And, uh, you know, we are recording this uh, on Sunday night. For those of you who don't know, it's going to be uh, the Monday afternoon episode. We're recapping all the things that happened, starting off with the Patriots. It's Andrew and I. We're not feeling too good about where the Patriots are right now. We're also watching Tom Brady and the Buccaneers playing against the Dallas Cowboys as we speak. So we're going to see how that game turns out. Uh, you know, never good to see. Tom go, doing great when the Patriots do so poorly in, in a game, but it wasn't without effort. It's not like this team wasn't, you know, battling in certain moments. I think that the score is not going to dictate exactly how the game went overall. I feel like you were that close to scoring, not only on that first drive, but other situations throughout the game uh, that they could have kind of turned this whole thing around. I know that, that there was also at least three or four balls that they punched out from uh, Miami receivers or running backs or whatever that just squirted straight out of bounds. So you were just getting no luck on the turnover side of things. And obviously, you know, you can't have turnovers on your end as well. We already talked about the one in the end zone there where it jumped, it bounces up into the air and is caught by the safety the other one that was absolutely brutal was actually one where Trent Brown got exposed completely as they were trying to run I, I run uh, a play action, I believe, at the time. But I don't know what happened. They disguised – Miami disguised it with two rushers on one side, completely blindside, destroys uh, Mac. He fumbles it, instant touchdown. That was a huge game-changing moment, too. Did you notice how, uh, you know, what would you say? You're, you're better with the X's and O's and stuff like that. Trent Brown obviously got very exposed there. Did you notice something crazy that Miami was doing to get that, or did he just kind of lose it for a moment? Not really. I mean, I, I, I think he kind of lost it for a moment, which it, it, it sucks to say because Trent's just such a big dominant guy physically that once he gets his, once he gets his hands on somebody in the chat, like – the rep is over. I, I I feel like I've said this a million times on the pod. Like once he gets his hands on you like that, like the entire rep's over. But as oh, we yeah. talked about over the summer, the switch from right tackle to left tackle, like, yeah, Trent's played some left tackle. He's succeeded there, but he's not getting that left tackle money. And they just, you have to wonder where his head's at with that. I thought being in a contract year, he'd be okay. Cause it's like, Hey, at the end of the day, you still have to, you know, go earn that next contract, whether it's here or, you know, somewhere else in free agency. But I, I do wonder if that was kind of, you know, affecting his play a little bit, if that's in his head, if he's if he's got something else going on up there because of like, hey, like I'm not getting paid when I should be to play this position. So I, I don't know. I mean, there was that play and, you know, that's obviously the one that resulted in a turnover and a touchdown. But there was also the play earlier in the game where Cole Strange totally missed an assignment 
and he ended up getting benched over mm-hmm. the whole thing. So it's, it's yep. a, that whole left side of the offensive line is question mark right now, as much as we hate to admit it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it really is. And you hope that they can turn things around. Obviously that was a big moment, uh, you know, and yeah, the left side was getting exposed. You're going to have to go again next week against arguably the best defense in the league right now. They were absolutely just dominant today in the Steelers. So going into that game, I was a seven confidence level out of 10 going into this game, just because you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, down in the offseason, but I felt like we could pull things together. Obviously, it didn't work out. I'm going to bring it down to a six. I'm getting lower by the minute at this point over here. What's your confidence level right now going into the next week? One out of 10 going to the Sealers. I'm still at a seven, maybe a seven and a half. Um, I wasn't crazy about this week's matchup. Just It's just too much speed with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, which obviously that wasn't the problem today. Um, but just where the Patriots were so slow last year, like it's going to take some time to get some speed and athleticism in there to like truly be able to match up against these guys. But at the end of the day, next week, I mean, TJ Watt, I don't know if you saw, they're worried that he might've torn his pack. Najee Harris is out with a foot injury. It's probably the Liz Frank thing that he said wasn't the problem three days ago and clearly is. Um, But it's a super weak offensive line at Pittsburgh and it's Mitch Trubisky at, QB. So True. I like, you know, I think Bill's going to be able to confuse Trubisky. I, I mean, I did say the same thing about Tua, which he did sometimes. And <laughs> sometimes Tua, you know, showed some flashes of 2020 cam this year. <laughs> Throwing he certainly did. The ground. But yeah, uh, Trubisky can certainly do that type of thing as well. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like with a weak offensive line and a subpar QB and Mitch Trubisky, I, I have to feel confidence. And then, hey, if I'm wrong here, if they do lose next week, throw the entire thing away. I'll <laughs> oh, no, we're in trouble if that's the case. Going 0-2 and, and then having to play, is it Green Bay next or is it the Ravens? One of those two. You have to play them the next two weeks. So that would be brutal. But uh, speaking of those Steelers, they had quite the game today. Uh, one that will go down as one of the craziest home opener type or opening games uh, that you know I've ever seen. The way that they were back and forth, they went into overtime. You had the kickers missing left and right. That one by Boswell that kind of like curved back and forth and then it hit the, the goalpost. Uh, crazy stuff like that. That was one of the bigger games that happened today. Um, would, would you say that that game was, was the craziest one that we've had so far? I know that there's been some other ones. You had another one that was a tie that was the Colts and the Texans game. Nobody really cares about those teams. So I guess you care about the Colts a little bit. Was there any big moments in the NFL today that you saw other than those ones that, uh, you know, kind of stuck out on week one as being big, big time stuff? I mean, just for myself personally, I'm heavily invested in T Higgins across fantasy DFS, everything. And him going out with concussion hurt me in a lot of different places, but uh, (laughs) no, I, I think um, the two tie games was like super weird this early like in the year like in the oh, yeah. same basically same type of fashion missed field goals that were like should have been hit and 20 to 20 about, like yeah when you talk about the Steelers one like obviously McPherson had already missed his for the Bengals and you see the Steelers go to kick and like it, when it came off his foot it, it it shanked and I'm like oh my god he missed this and it curved back in I'm like oh my god never mind he did me then it went back out I'm like oh no he did and I'm like why like it's just Brutal. I know, there are a couple of wacky things going on today, and just I don't know. I feel like 
I'm just going off memory here. I might be wrong, but I feel like we said this last year at week one too, that it was like, Hey, just weird week, whatever. We'll see what happens next week. And it's like, you know, maybe the, maybe the loss of one of the preseason games and the starters playing less and less during that, maybe that factors into it. I don't know. It's got to be. It's got to be. I mean, you're getting less and less of the starters actually doing any real football game activity before the start of the season. You go into week one, not really knowing what's happening with your team. And then it's a crapshoot. I mean, especially from like the gambling standpoint, fantasy football standpoint, any of that kind of stuff. You don't really know what's going to go on. Is the defense going to show up? Is the offense going to show up? We had a little bit of both today, which was pretty wild. So uh, I, I mean, from from just a fantasy football standpoint, just really quickly, I mean, my guy Justin Jefferson went absolutely bananas in this one with this. I mean, not that it's probably still somehow not going to win me my week because I'm still going against Patrick Mahomes and uh, who else does he have? He has um, uh, Pittman also had a big game and, and Michael Pittman and some other players as well. So I, I know that everyone cares about my fantasy football team, but was there any other crazy fantasy football performances that you noticed this week that you wanted to point out? I know that you had uh, your team as well. Uh, I mean, in terms of guys going off, not really. I thought it was a weird week just across the league as far as a lot of studs not doing well. Um, like Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, um, Kyle Pitts, like a lot of guys that were, you know, everybody had a lot of expectations for this year, kind of disappointed this week. So like I said, seems like a weird week for week one. Um, We'll see what happens next week. But I thought more so than guys going off, I thought thought the storyline of this week, fantasy wise, betting wise, whatever, was more just like a lot of a lot of really good players didn't have their best games this week. Yeah. Even uh, Christian McCaffrey didn't score a touchdown, even though he was healthy throughout the whole game, had a lot of yards and things like that, but didn't really have the big time star performance that you would expect. You had some guys coming out of nowhere, uh, like that Washington uh, rookie who had two touchdowns randomly. I forget his name, but um, he's on my bench. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, didn't mean to bring that up, but uh, you know, there were some other players that were interesting performers throughout uh, but that now it's it's coming down. You you said it yourself. There's been some injuries and things like that. Najee Harris. Uh, there's some other ones going out there. Have you looked into yet? Uh, and yeah, I know we're in the same league, so it's tough to give me the info that you're thinking. But have you looked into any sleeper pickups? Anybody who you're already thinking about next week that could have a bigger role now that they're uh, going through this, or somebody like who I had on my bench in Drake London for the uh, Falcons, players like that that you think uh, could sneaky be good going forward now after seeing them in week one? Anybody stand out to you? Uh, not particularly anybody that like I saw do anything today, but the Najee Harris injury, like he was. Pre- Injured in the preseason, that concerned me to begin with. I was kind of staying away from him because of that. And then on top of that, him not playing overtime today, I think it's probably a little bit of a hot take, but the undrafted free agent on the Steelers at running back, Jalen Warren, I I think he's a top pickup this week because it almost just seems like an inevitability that Najee gets hurt at this point, and he's the next man up. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, whenever you can find that next man up, especially from a fantasy football standpoint, that's what we're all looking for out there, right? That's the next league winner or whatever you want to call it. The guy that's going to get you through a few weeks, at least with a big role. So that could be a big part of things, but 
We also had some gambling. We missed you on the gambling competition this weekend. We're going to miss you this season doing all that stuff. But I know you have your own picks, and we'll probably have some of your player props for the Thursday night or Monday night games if we can get you to do that for us as well. But were there any kind of big wins or big losses that you had this weekend that uh, are are hurting you or making you feel good about your picks so far? Um, I I had a pretty good weekend pick-wise. The big one that I loved was I got uh, Michael Carter, Jets running back at over 12 and a half yards receiving. And I'm like, it's almost like odds makers are kind of treating it like, like Brees Hall is getting the rookie treatment. And I'm like, no, like Michael Carter is genuinely the number one back there. And he's a pass catcher. Like he, he's going to hit this by halftime. And he ended up with, you know, 40 something or 50 yards, whatever. Like he, had like seven, but he t- did seven catches. He did like drop that almost uh, big touchdown at the end of the game, right? That was that would have been tough too. Yeah, he did. Luckily, he had already well cleared his receiving yards prop before yeah. that. But yeah. um, it just you know it, it's week one, and I feel like you know it's the same thing as with the NFL draft. Is like when some talking head on ESPN just kind of says something, they'll move lines based off of that. And so I saw the Michael Carter one. I put that out. Um, one of my articles this week, they're like, hey, hammer this one. He's going to hit over 12 and a half yards by halftime. This is a no-brainer, and he did. Um, okay. Biggest one I missed, uh, actually my only miss of the week so far, uh, Dak Prescott still pending that I'm watching right now, um, was Austin Hooper. I had the over on his yards. He, uh, I don't believe he ended up getting a single target in the whole no. game. So no, no, no. that's a tough one. Tough one there. Yeah, a lot of people were high on him. Uh, going into it I'm I'm actually sitting pretty good right now I'm three and one on my picks that I gave out for the podcast uh, and I have the over in this Bucks uh, Dallas game which isn't looking too great right now uh, as looking we... good but I mean it's Brady and it's Dak so they can both go off at a moment's notice too so we'll I'm gonna see. keep it we got 50 and a half I believe as the over under it's three and three right now we're gonna need a lot of points uh, going forward. But uh, one of the wins, the, the one that I did lose was a terrible loss for me. I took the Eagles minus four and a half against the lions and they were up 38 to 21 at, at like coming into the close of the third quarter. They immediately turn around, give up a touchdown. They don't score the rest of the way. And it ends up being a 38 to 35 final that they blew that, that I had them at minus four and a half. Like I said, so that was absolutely brutal for me. The best one of the weekend for me, though, was actually on college. I actually followed our buddy Cam on one of his picks. He did Northwestern versus Duke, and this one had a crazy ending. The over-under was at 58. Duke had the ball. They were up uh, 28 to 23, right, with uh, about a minute and 20 left. They go all the way down to fourth and one at the goal line with a possibility to punch it in and just absolutely end the game right there. Or if you don't get it, then the other team is stuck down 28 to 23 and having to drive the entire field from the one yard line. They elect to kick the field goal. They go up 31 to 23. I have it at 58. For those of you who can't count, that's at 54 right there. The other, the Northwestern team drives all the way down the field with like a minute left in the game, gets all the way down to about 20 seconds left, running the ball into the end zone. It gets poked out at the last second into the end zone. Duke jumps on the ball. Score ends up being 31 to 23. Crazy ending with 12 seconds left in the game. I am never on the right side of those. It felt so great to actually get one of those like lucky picks for once. For once. And it was actually a cam pick. That's what's crazy about it. He never gets that luck either. So 
I don't know. That was fun. I had a good time this weekend. I'm sure you did as well. Week one is in the books. How are we feeling about uh, week two? Any any early predictions for the Patriots specifically against the Steelers? I know we kind of went over it already. I'm feeling like it's going to be an absolute ugly, knockdown, low-scoring, drag-out battle of a game, maybe ending like 13 to 10 or something like that after the way that they were playing this week. How are you feeling? What's your prediction going into the Steelers game just to finish things off? Well, I always feel like week one, like just – Starting it out that first Sunday morning, everybody's confident, everybody's feeling good. I mean, it's like yeah. it's Christmas morning zero, for adults. Zero. It's really what it is. Yep. Um, Blank slate. And then you know, week two, you kind of you saw what your team did. You have to wake up to the reality of what things <laughs> are. Um, I, I agree with you. It's going to be probably a low-scoring slugfest uh, with the Patriots and the Steelers. It's going to be ugly, but an ugly win is still a win. I I do I do think that they will win. I genuinely just cannot see Bill Belichick losing to a team with a poor offensive line and a poor quarterback, but the Steelers D is pretty good. Hopefully uh, for the Patriots sake, TJ Watt doesn't play, you know, you never want to, you don't want to be beating teams because they're beat up, but at the end of the day, a win is a win. So, and that's what the Patriots need right now. They need something to just, you know, create a spark in that locker room and have everybody like, Hey, like, you know, it's not over. We're one and one. It's the same as being, you know, we're 500. Let's, yep. let's start over and let's just, you know, get it on the right track going forward. Oh yeah. Get, get it all in order. I think that our defense can obviously stop their offense with the poor quarterback play and the offensive line. I think our team should be able to score if we can kind of get things going again, like we saw in moments against the dolphins. If either team gets to 20 points, I'm convinced they win easily in this game though. That's how I'm feeling right now. We'll see how it goes. I'll have you back on to talk more about it, but we appreciate you coming on for the first uh, Sunday night wrap-up. Andrew, we'll do it again uh, in the future. Thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure. Glad to come on uh, for our first edition. I'm calling it Tipsy Takes because I'm going to have a Sunday night pint every time we do this. Love that. Love that. I'll have one too next time. We'll do that. All right. See you later. Better.